You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. about Todd Rundgren, a wizard, a true star. In the room, I have Rob. Now, that's what I call a wizard and a true star. Ben. Same. And John. Yeah! A Wizard, a True Star is the fourth album by American musician Todd Rundgren, released on March 2nd, 1973 on Bearsville Records. The producer was Todd Rundgren, and the genre is progressive pop. And I'm going to read from the book, David Nicholas. Todd Rundgren's 1973 was clearly like no one else's. He was riding high on a wave of of apparently boundless talent. Sure was riding high. He had been hoping to follow up something, anything, with yet another double album, but the oil crisis led to a vinyl shortage. (laughs) Always one to embrace limitations, Rundgren took on a different project, a 19 or 24 track, depending on how you count, album, which like all of Rundgren's work showcased his exceptional abilities as a vocalist and musician. At the same time, as it challenged and delighted his audience. Quote, there are no limitations as to what is sung about or what music sounds like or how long it is or whether it's even music at all. He said at the time, so when the shit hits the fan, harks back to pet sounds, Zen Archer, a longtime favorite in the 70s, is a long looping foray into cosmic pop, all falsetto and flair. Rock and Roll Pussy was apparently about John Lennon famously having his lost weekend year in L.A. at the time. The two had a public spat about Rundgren's pronouncements on Lennon's behavior. I don't know why I'm reading like this. I don't know why you are either, but... Jumping between styles and sounds, the album is hard to digest at first, but Rundgren's great strength is his ability to write incredible songs. All right, what do we think of A Wizard, A True Star? Dude, I'll tell you what. I took some umbrages with something, anything, but I am here for A Wizard, A True Star. Are you? I am. Okay. Why are you? Why, why the change of heart? Well, first of all, I think that had he had his way and had this been a double album, I would do an about-face. Uh, yeah, limitation. The, 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 as much as he is acting, asking the listener to process here, I think it's in his best interest to keep it on one album. Like, don't 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 ask that much of any any passive listener. I really like the format of side one, where like basically every song is under a minute ten seconds, and it's so exploratory, but it's always pop. It's just like. It's not baroque pop like uh like uh like pet sounds but it's it's like exploratory pop. It's always it's always pop. But it's like he's he's pushing the limits of what could be considered pop in any different direction that he feels, but he keeps it as like 
minute long experimentations. And in that format, at least for me, it's very digestible. He's got some cool, weird, freaky ideas, and I can I can roll with him for a minute to try something out, as long as as long as like there's something else coming up. He's not like no no we're in this for an entire side of this double album. Yeah, you know like he he keeps it rolling. He keeps it rolling. It's very fast paced, but everything that's coming up is very interesting to me, and then it changes before it gets tired. Yeah. I feel like the ones that I don't like are definitely the longer tracks. Like Zen Archer, I was like, I, I love Zen Archer. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the longer tracks, isn't it? Like five minutes or something? Yeah, five thirty. Uh, yeah, it's not was, that exploratory though. It's just a, which it's, is kind of short it, for a Rundgren. It's to be short honest. for a Rundgren. It's yeah. a cool jammer. Short for a Rundgren. <laughs> like I get, I know what you're saying, but if you're gonna Rundgren on me, I'll do it for a minute fifty, and that's as far as I'll take it. Like what if you're the, go, you, you didn't dig the you didn't dig the vibe of Zen Archer? I it's, dug, it's not very uh, it's not very pointy. It's not sharp. It's not yeah. It's not shrill. It's not sharp. It's not like uh, off beat. Like literally off the beat or anything. Like it's it's a fairly straightforward song. I just I don't know. It just didn't click with me. Maybe I need to listen to it six more times or something. But okay. I, and I definitely felt like the second time I read I listened through a wizard a true star I felt better and I had to like I took a break yeah <laughs> I took a break and I came back to it and I liked it better the second time around he's feeding you a lot he's feeding you so much and it's all Rundgren <laughs> and it's Rundgren, Rundgren, Rundgren's yeah. a very distinct flavor <laughs> it has a very distinct palette of flavors yeah apparently oh yeah no it's not a single flavor it's like oh I'm mixing all this fruit cocktail <laughs> he's <getting>. just <laughs> another onion head yeah it's, it's in the blender on full speed <laughs> yeah for sure dude it's exciting to me yeah it is exciting I, to this album's really fresh and exciting to me that's awesome yeah Love it. I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around like you don't have a camp around or or, or whatever. Oh, you when he's doing his like treacle yacht rock sound. Yes. Yeah, it's weird. I cannot understand because it sounds like a parody of what those songs are. He sounds like he's making fun of the Carpenters, but it doesn't make it a good song just because you are kind of putting this loose parody. I don't think, I think it's sincere. It is you know, sincere. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't think he's trying to make a goof. He's, he's such a weirdo, but when he's, like, when he's exploratory, it's exploratory, but when he's just doing straight up pop, it's pretty soft rock 70s. Like, look at the, the hit songs off of Something Anything. Yeah. You wouldn't, if you if you just look at the hits and and help me with with what were the hits it was uh, was it hello it's me I saw the light or I see the light yeah and yeah. I see the light yeah. if you just took those you would think the whole album was just seventy soft rock it's yeah. like his default is seventy soft rock and then he's pushing exploratory around it but when he when he gets back to like you don't have to camp around or uh, what was that that part that we just heard was that part of that tick, was tick 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 it oh. wears off. Yeah, Tick, 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 like, well, that was a few tracks back, but I love that intro to Tick, Tick, Tick and the way it well, There runs. was a part that we just heard that sounded pretty 70s soft rock. That, 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 was, that, was, that was exactly, you don't have to you camp around. You don't have around. to camp around, yeah. Oh, oh That's man, the are one we that far talking. already? Yeah, have yeah. we already gotten to Dogfight Giggle? These songs are yeah. only a minute. Have we already covered Rock and Roll Pussy? Yes. Yeah. They're so quick, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's also what I like. It's it's so cocaine. They're all a minute. They're all a minute. <laughs> yeah. They're all minute men. Dude, I dig it. He just cuts to it. He's like, here's something weird. It's going to happen for a minute. 
This and then it's done. And this is the sort of predecessor to all those bands, the residents, Ween. I feel like that are going to come in and uh, kind of put all these experiments down for a minute or two and give you these snippets of ideas, like yeah, wild ideas of we we are self recording and we're gonna just like put it out there and see what see what flies. I'm a big fan of a Sean Spencer album called Now I Got Worry, and it's the same thing. It's like Here's two two and a half minute songs and they're weird and they're recorded crazy because we just got in the studio and we just let it all go. That album took me a long time to be able to understand as a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking rough. But, it was a rough record. But the, it, this is like, this is that. I mean, this is him just letting it all go. Now, like right now you, we're listening to Flamingo and it's just instrumental synth pop and I kind of dig it. It's mellow. I dig mm-hmm. this stuff. The things I do not like are these soft... Uh, what we call boat rock or sort of yacht rock default of this like pop 70s stuff that sounds it just sounds jokey it sounds like he's kind of like uh joking around or something it's framed in so much weirdness though that i can it it doesn't give me a cavity yeah it doesn't get it had it been a full album of of sappy yacht rock i'd be full of cavities you know i can't take all that sugar yeah but little nuggets of it in like a weird schizophrenic prog pop album are almost like welcome oasises for me. That's true. It does. I mean, it does. Gives you a chance to it, catch your breath. Yeah, it does hold it together a little bit. I don't know. I, I still don't like the treacle. I agree with you on that, Birch. Like, I, I get Ben's point that between uh, a track that's basically laughing and and dogs fighting sped up, and then uh, just weird instrumental with chirps and bleeps. Maybe it is nice to have kind of a nice love song, but uh, I don't know. You could have had something else. That's so just right, right. Right now we're listening to Zen Archer. Uh-huh, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this you song. Don't, you don't dig this, John? Maybe if it came around again, I just, it wasn't doing enough for me. It's got this kind of like. It's got falsetto and marching snare. What else are you looking for <laughs> exactly. in a hit song? You don't like falsetto marching snare cabaret songs, John Boggs? No, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, generally, I do, but this one just <laughs> I'm in a weird mood. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about the, the the medley of I'm so proud? <laughs> Fucking amazing! Oh, I'm, 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 I really medley like might be the highlight of the album. For really, I he's a goddamn chameleon, dude. He's it, a it is fucking. It is Production so imp chameleon well man. executed. Aye. Had he, had you told me, hey, on this next album, Todd, we've covered Todd Rundgren already on this podcast, so I know what Todd Rundgren sounds like. If you had said, hey, on this next album, he does a medley of like Curtis Mayfield, Smokey Robinson, the Delphonics, and then he throws in Cool Jerk at the end, I would have been dreading it. But when it comes to it, it's very well executed. Yeah. His soul is... Is legit soul. That but is blue eyed soul. But he puts some, some some weirdo in there too. Like on Cool Jerk, there's definitely like yeah, an Cool Jerk and Seven, man. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Well, it's, Hard it's, yeah, it's Cool Jerk and Seven. And then in the background, when it's like where you would normally hear the background singers being like Cool Jerk, it's an electronic like fuzzed out voice going Cool Jerk. <laughs> it's fucking great. I like that it's in Seven. Yeah.
that's how you know he's a weirdo. What was that? Uh, I, oh, that's how you know. What was that thing that I found in the? Uh, God damn it! I didn't write any of this down. Uh, in uh, in the medley. Um, Oh, he pans it out. He, he, yeah, like during like during one of the uh, the songs, he says mistakes, and then goes on to sing it. But when he says mistakes, the left ear goes out as like a goof, like a little studio goof, like ha ha, like it's because because that's what he is. He's a fucking studio imp. Like yeah. he just runs around <laughs> and does all this, stuff, which was strange to me. Um, the record that we did beforehand, which I wasn't here for, but I listened to a whole bunch. Um, it was so meticulous in the production value. Yeah. Like, so meticulous. And on this one specifically, those cuts aren't good going from song to song to song to song to song. Yeah. They are hard. But then he does something as, like, specific as, like, dropping out, like, the entire left channel for a millisecond after saying mistakes, which means he was cognizant of everything he had done beforehand. And I'm just trying to wrap my brain around, like... What was going on? He's in, a studio nerd. I yeah, mean, this is home recording, I, I bedroom our, recording. Stuff. I checked our chat yeah. for the record. Uh, yeah. That's in uh, the part of the medley, the Smokey Robinson "Ooh Baby Baby." Is yeah, what you said. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. Just, but I mean, he is like even what is it? Something, anything was the previous album, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on that one, I mean, he he is showing you that he knows exactly what he's yeah. doing. He's like, and this is this type of edit, and this is this type of uh, mistake, and, the, you know, this type of hiss and fuzz. And, and so all I of this... I didn't like it when on, he did that on that. No, he's not, but that's what... He's he's presenting that to you. I hated I, it when he did it. Which means... I I'm, like the presentation of Wizard True Star better than the presentation of I Sony think so, too. He's not I as jerkish too. in this one. Uh, but he's... It's, inten- it's intentionally it's cocaine rough. versus mushrooms. Okay. This is mushrooms. The previous album was cocaine. True. The, the pre- yeah, yeah, the previous yeah. album, the, t- the times it's, that it, it would broke really... your, your uh, yeah, the t- idea. Yeah. The, the times that it would... Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. The times that it would take me out of it on something, anything, is when he would be talking directly into the mic, breaking the fourth wall, like, just like... Not necessarily studio banter, because it's not a studio, it's just Todd Rundgren in his, in, Todd Rundgren in his bedroom, where he would be like... You're like, ah, nah, I'm Todd Rundgren. You're listening to my record. Nah, nah. It, like, I, dude, the, those parts are like grated on my ears. Yeah. On something, anything. Especially on a double album. That's right. a double album. So this was actually a home recording? Uh, he, I'll have to look and see exactly where it is, but. Because this is Boston level of like. It's basement recording studio, if that's the case. some high fidelity shit. Yeah. Secret Sound Studio, New York City. Hmm. But I do. Is that what he calls his room? But he, <laughs> but he in his room. <laughs> but he was very much like a. He would record on his by himself. Like he he knows how to work the board. Yeah, he's not. He's no, I mean, he, he no produces novice. himself, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. He's he's a. It's really good. Um, I I as I was listening to like oh, all the so yeah. Yeah. Uh, Secret Sound Studio was a studio that Todd Rundgren built above his loft. Oh. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So it's not technically a bedroom. It's above his bedroom. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's on the bunk beds. Yeah. <laughs> Upper bunk, Secret Sound Studios. Above the loft. Isn't that like oxymoronic? It's, it's Rundgren. It, it, okay. It's, 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 you're stuck in the trapeze net doing all of this. So it was just on the roof then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was given a closer listen to like all the effects that are going on. Yeah. And I was thinking about the stuff that I own. Yeah. Like 
I've got this like the all the old like cool like Mogerfoger like uh, like the delays and the fucking like uh, the phasers. It's the same fucking shit that he was using on this and all the keyboards and everything. And I think to myself, what do you do with this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> what have you done <laughs> with all this shit? And then it just kind of makes me want to pack things up and lay down. <laughs> you dumb dummy, you've been using that egg beater to beat eggs. <laughs> right now we're listening to Just Another Onion Head. I like whatever like tremolo effect he's got on that synth. Like... I think it's uh, overlapping, so it's like the... When those waveforms like overlap, they, they make that sort of like clipped sound. It's a cool sound, I like it's it. It's awesome. I like you're underwater a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there it yeah, is. Yeah, there it is. So good. Yeah, this is has such a such a strange idea. Now, I, I was trying to figure out why I identify more too with this than the sort of Zappa stuff, like the well, Zappa's Zappa's more straight. It, it's weird this to say that Zappa's cohesive, more straight. Like really, I think that this a Wizard of True Star as an album in the album format is more cohesive than some of the Zappa stuff. The Zappa stuff was more schizophrenic, I think, than this. I don't know. Well, and a lot of in my that. opinion. And a, a lot huh. of Zappa stuff are hard goofs. I would put this like, up against, uh, like, we're only in it for the money. Yeah, that's what I was Fast thinking. Yeah. We're put it up against what? Uh, we're only in it for the money. Mm, okay. Yeah. Fast and bulbous. <laughs> a tin teardrop. <laughs> bulbous. <laughs> As you guys probably know, he did work on Pee-wee's Playhouse. Rundgren did? Did he? Yes, he did. He did that the music. Out. Whoa. He is quoted as saying, they would send me the edit and would say, put music where you think it goes, and they would use all of it. They would never question any of it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Nice. But that might be the ideal Rundgren-like environment. Oh, absolutely. You know, like... <laughs> Go crazy. Right, exactly. Go crazy and we'll set it to be the background of a animatronic (laughs) puppet chair. (laughs) In in, in a contemporary review, uh, James Isaac of Rolling Stone basically said it would be better suited for a cartoon soundtrack. He, he was not... He's absolutely right. Yeah, not not into into it. it. Did you read the Patti Smith review, which I loved? Patti Smith was more enthusiastic in her review for the magazine... uh, Blasphemy, even the gods smile on. Rock and roll for the skull. A very noble concept. Past, present, and tomorrow in one glance. Understanding through musical sensation. Todd Rundgren is preparing us for a generation of frenzied children who will dream in animation. I love it. That's God damn, that's Patty Smith. Smith. (laughs) That was great. I mean, she nailed it. I mean, she's absolutely right, but... It's interesting to hear that and take that as a positive. You know, that's it's it's a lot to process. Yeah. It's a lot to pro- it's not it's this is not easy like palatable stuff. It's not bad in any way. It doesn't hurt you, but it's it's a lot. <laughs> you see Christ Gow's take? Yeah. A a, uh, a minor songwriter with major woman problems who's good <laughs> at the board and has a sense of humor. <laughs> Also not wrong. (laughs) I mean, because a lot of these songs are about, like, lost love and messing up. And even, like, you've got the Treacle song, but then you've got, like, Does Anybody Love You? And I Don't Want to Tie You Down. Is It My Name? Like, those are all sort of songs of love and loss. I really like the bookend tracks of Side One. International Feel and Um, Le Feel International. Yeah. (laughs) I, 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 I like... 
I like that. I like I like the song, and I also like that it bookends. It comes back. It comes back. It's oh, a nice yeah. refrain. It's great. It's catchy. I'll find myself like I, I, after one listen, I found myself humming international feel. International feel. Yeah. Well, it's got that kind of like pop sensibility to it. It's really he does have a pop yeah. sensibility to him. But R- like, Rumgren can write a pop song. Yeah, he can write a pop song. <laughs> a progressive pop song. Oh. The first half of side two. I felt was just like real sincere soul jammers. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, does anyone? Uh, sometimes I don't know what to feel. Uh, does anybody love you? And then going into medley, just those first three tracks. Three, if you consider the medley one track, it just seems like it wouldn't be out of place on on any like '70s soul album. It was just like, again, consi- considering the medley as one track, it was just like three tracks of just sincere 70s soul and that was like a nice little like breather for me like away from like the cartoon music away from the eccentric pop you just you get a nice like 10 to 15 minutes of just contemporary 70s soul well done and i i i was into that it's like it's just like a nice like a nice little like a pausing point in the record you know yeah that's a good good point because he he definitely throws a lot at you immediately mm-hmm. to get, you know, in your brain. If he didn't do that sort of downtime, your brain would just turn off. It would start to ignore a lot of that stuff. So it does give you a bit of, um, I mean, if you got to take the time to flip relax. the record. Yeah. Like exactly. it's, it's a, it's a hard break for, for the vinyl. And that's yeah. awesome. But after the medley, he does throw you right back in with a hard goof. Yeah. Like hungry, hungry for, for love, love is a hard goof. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, have a meal at McDonald's. <laughs> Those first three tracks, though. Uh, oh, no, the na- first one's na- yeah, it's nary a, nice... a goof among them. No. Not only, the soul music is is well executed. Yeah, yeah. Those, those first three like, tracks. I don't on... need to put like an asterisk next to it, like, oh, it's soul, like by a white guy. No, it's just, it's, it's soul. Well, now you got me thinking about uh, that Mac- that fucking shit McCartney record we listened to. Oh, oh McCartney yeah. by McCartney and Garbage. his and his studio that he like his very rich man studio that he had set up like and recorded that garbage. And then I'm trying to figure out like what's Rundgren working with and why is it so much better? Well, you start with Rundgren. I think McCartney was an excellent songwriter. He was an excellent songwriter. But he, he's not good alone. He theoretically is an excellent songwriter. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think creative. McCartney is at his strongest alone. No. There did Rundgren you know that is at his most powerful alone. <laughs> Here, if I may make the argument of why yes, that, that album was so bad. He had just had his creative period. It's said that many artists will have a period where they're most creative. It could be a couple months, it could be a couple years, it could be their lifetime. I would say, you know, we're all fans of, like, Bowie or something. He's had a very prolific career throughout his life. This is his creative period. This is Rundgren being like, I got it. You know, he's on the way up. Paul just got out of the Beatles. I don't think he had an idea of, like, what to do. Well, he was the only Beatle that didn't then. (laughs) That is true. And 
he's not like John, who is a, I feel like just has like ideas as a creative and George, who had been building up the songs for four years he three, was backed up with backed jammers. up with so many songs that they would they <laughs> wouldn't sound so bad backed, backed up, up with jammers, jammers. <laughs> the album <laughs> that's, that's what all things must pass that's the first first draft of the title <laughs> backed up with jammers <laughs> that's why I needed three discs man that's right <laughs> <sighs> okay uh Thank you for, but, for but that, not, that. That's an excellent point. Not everyone can come out of a situation of being the biggest band in the world to just being like, oh, now I'm a creative, you know, I'm back in that mode. Just three quarters of them. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we'll see on the next McCartney uh, well, slash Wings. wings. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You, you know, the, the, uh, what we're talking about now, it, uh, like 70s Rundgren versus 70s post-Beatles, factors directly into Mark David Chapman's assassination or kill, murder of, of of John Lennon. You guys know that? It's 1980. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh so you, you even mentioned in your in your uh in your preamble uh that there was like a bit of a a, a slight beef with uh so Todd Rundgren's new kid on the block doing doing like I'm heckin' creative and he's calling out his old idols who he feels have been less creative in years in recent years specifically John Lennon and and they and this is during like John Lennon's lost summer or whatever and apparently like there there's something where like John Lennon like drunk at the uh, at the troubadour didn't recognize Todd Rundgren maybe slighted him but there was not like there, there, there's just like a little like like minor beef going there. But it was something that Mark David Chapman really latched onto, just the the theory of authenticity and phoniness. Uh, you know, uh, he he when he killed John Lennon, he was carrying a copy of uh, Catcher in the Rye, which is everyone's a phony. Everyone's a phony. <laughs> But th- that that whole thing where like John Lennon has spent his entire career saying that like like I'm real I'm authentic like like free your mind follow me doing this stuff and then in the seventies from Mark David Chapman's perspective John Lennon went a little bit more under the radar with his subversiveness whereas from Mark David Chapman's perspective Todd Rundgren picked up those reins and he was now the subversive rocker. Like he's the one pushing the boundaries. He's the one like he's the one who who's making art pop. And he just latched on to that and obsessed over it. Yeah, just just that that concept of Todd Rundgren's real. John Lennon said he was real, but he's actually a phony to his like sickened mind. Hmm. That was kind of. At least according to a podcast I listened to. <laughs> you know, that was kind of what, what like led him to his, oh, I guess I have to kill John Lennon phase. Hmm. You know? But yeah, like Todd so Rundgren. Rundgren will drive Rund- you. Rund- <laughs> Rundgren will make you kill a beetle. Rundgren and Salinger. <laughs> yep. And Jody Foster. <laughs> and Jody Foster. Oh, no, that wasn't. That, that, no, that, no, that no, was no, that was kind of shot Reagan. Reagan. Yeah. <laughs> Rundgren and Salinger will, will make you shoot a beetle. Jody Foster. To answer your question, though, Birch, I think this record's great, <laughs> and I would recommend it to anybody. Dude, I would seriously. I, I, 
I'm fully on board with this. I, I, a week ago, I wouldn't have thought I would say this. I was, I was, I liked a few things on something, anything, but I was, I think more negative than positive. I was, I I, I was worried about this record. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I still like, uh, this is so far, you know, I don't know us out of this project. I'm not that familiar with Todd Rundgren's catalog. So if we cover more, that will be the first time I listen to more. But at this point, a wizard, a true star, I think he's really hit his stride. I think that he's he was always creative. He was always a bit of a musical genius. I think now here on this, he's kind of locking into the format to be able to express it. Yeah, I'm giving it a neutral plus. Like he's an imp, and it's as Rob said, and it's both sides of that. Like he's a bedeviled little shit that's gonna fuck things up and make things unpleasant. But at the same time. Somewhere in there is this charm that you're like, exactly, you're like, you little fuck. (laughs) So I can't hate him, you know, because in all of the things that he's destroyed in my alchemy uh, closet, he's somehow popped out a nugget of gold here or there. You know, it's like, well, you fucked up all my uh, chemicals, but here's some gold. Okay, I'll deal with it. Yeah, I'm going positive. I I just think anybody who's this creative and puts it out there and just like check this out let's try this let me play cool jerk very sincerely with some weird shit going on in the background yeah why not also one of my favorite songs which i didn't mention before is um uh, is it you need your head you need your head yeah so like it's funky it's it's crazy it's like a punk song uh it, it just is like you need your head it's it's very outlandish I don't identify <laughs> as much with the sort of like you don't have to camp around and those other where I feel like he's almost parroting like Carpenter's style, but maybe I'll come around to it after listening to it. I need your head. Give, I think also a, is in 15, eight. 15, eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's got really cool stuff. Really awesome stuff going around. All right. Yeah. This medley's so good. <laughs> it's really good. Check out the medley y'all. <laughs> Check out the fucking drum break at uh, Cool Jerk. It'll blow your mind. He'll no- let you know when he's coming. He'll yeah. be like, now just the drums. And then I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now bass and piano. He's he's regular Mike Oldfield. He's, he's letting you know what's coming up. So he... Now two slightly distorted guitars. Rundgren also founded uh, Patron... Patronet, which was... Patreon? No, but it, very similar to concept really? or idea he basically did itunes before the itunes store what? you know it was like he saw he saw that the music industry was not going this way he was very forward thinking and like the way that it would be think how things would become so he actually started the patreon net thing so that people would like pay him for music and they would download it and they would hmm. get it and that it would go along with like a record and things like yeah. that like a digital download that's cool so he was forward thinking in that i listen to a lot of music and i i seek out music and there's all i'm always going to have blind spots because there's just so much music yeah i know like going into this project that, like uh, something, anything, and now Wizard of True Star are the first Rundgren albums I've sat through. But before that, you know, I I knew Rundgren hits, and my impression of Rundgren as a a artist and songwriter 
was much more of a 70s soft pop. Yeah. How come how come he gets that kind of rap? He doesn't to modern people who have like dived a bit deeper because he's a big You he- don't need to dive that deep. Well he's a hero to like bedroom recording. I get that. Yeah. But how come how come as a as an active music listener and seeker? Yeah. How come I had always... He doesn't pop up. Without, like, had I not had this project where as part of the rules, I needed to sit down and listen to a Todd Rundgren album, how come, like, like, when I was 13, I knew I needed to listen to Bowie because I knew there was something there. How come when I was a teenager, someone also wasn't like, oh, yeah, and if you're into, like, weird shit, hey, are you into, like, like, Flame and Lips? Are you into, like, weird, like, bedroom, like... Avant pop, you I should you check could, out Red Green. I, think I had never that, heard that. I think you could make that argument with exactly who you just said, Flaming Lips. If someone played you things from, uh, what is it, Yoshimi? Yeah. And they played it from the Soft Bulletin, that would not introduce you to transmissions from the Satellite Heart. That well, would I not, love Soft Bulletin. I think Soft Bulletin's your best one. But that's pop. That's pop, Flaming Lips. But it's... That is not transmissions. It's Baroque pop. No, but that what I'm saying is that is not their like punks eating acid phase. That it's, is their it's polish. Not, it's not, but I, I, I well, we're getting off topic, but and I'm sure we'll get to Soft Bulletin. Yeah. But Just, although Soft Bulletin is pop, Soft Bulletin is so heavy on the art of art pop. Yeah. That it, it's it's not like it's not like you're listening to to a Cardigans album. Okay. What well, sorry, maybe that's not a very good one, but what I'm saying is the the songs that are picked out of Flaming Lips albums, that's not doesn't define the Flaming Lips. That is true. You have to listen to all like the entire album of a Flaming Lips album, just like with Todd Rundgren. But even at entry level, even at, 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 even at entry level though, with the Flaming Lips, using them as an example, you know, like, people don't talk about the Flaming Lips like they talk about, say, Lifehouse. Well, I think the issue here is that the history is written by its record, like. If all you hear of Rundgren are his hits, or the singles, and he's far enough behind your current moment, and yeah. and nothing brings you forward, and on its face, Rundgren looks like a goof, like it looks like a goof, and no one is making the cult of Rundgren. Then well, you're not going to know. Google image search. I saw pictures of him wearing feather wings and like all the stage makeup. Um, I, as soon as I did like an image search, I'm thinking like, oh, this guy is like. Avant pop. Well, Captain, you and I know we both grew up in an era before instant searches. We sure did. Yeah. <laughs> Had to read liner notes like yep. a fucking animal. Look it up like, like a, a goddamn Britannica. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Britannica right. for Rundgren? <laughs> it's probably in Britannica. Yeah, it's probably. <laughs> All right, next time we'll be talking about Elton John, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Thanks, y'all.